Hey, it's Rick Kogan, and the show is called After Hours, and my first guest is an old friend, David Marienthal, who will be in town uh, for the screening, yet another screening of Live at Mr. Kelly's. It takes place at 6.30 Tuesday at the Cultural Center. If you don't know where the Cultural Center is, uh, you shouldn't be listening to this show. It's part of the Jazz Fest activities and events. David, how are you? Hello. Hey, David. Hi, Rick. Hey, David. Finally, you're here. I was just talking about what an amazing place Mr. Kelly's was and how we, how many years ago was it, David Marienthal, that you and I sat at the barn named, used to be named Ricardo's, and you said, you know, Rick, I want to do some kind of movie. How long ago was that? You know, I think it's 70 years now. Oh, my God. You're kidding. Oh, my. It was time and keeps ticking away and you have been such a great supporter and so enthusiastic i could not have done it without you it's really it's really been fun well i'm I'm just a self-promoter too the the Uh, notion you you could not have imagined david when we were sitting there i think that you know you wanted to you know collect some of the memorabilia from mr kelly's and you wanted to interview some of the people who had performed there i i I cannot imagine, and tell me I'm wrong or naive, that it would have turned into such a brilliant and now very acclaimed film live at Mr. Kelly's. Could you have imagined that at the time? Uh, No, I I really, I could not have imagined it. I did not know what went into making a documentary film. And uh, it was my first, but I got some great people. And uh, I guess the thing I couldn't have imagined really was Know, coming up with such a entertaining work of art. Uh, well, the other thing that the idea. other th- the other thing that I think stunned you and perhaps even stunned me was how receptive the entertainment community was, because partly because of the astonishing affection they felt for your dad and uncle, the Marienthal brothers who started that, that must have stunned you too. I mean, you interviewed, for instance, you know, Bob Newhart for this film and people can't even remember, my God, Bob Newhart played in a comedy in, in a nightclub for goodness sake. That must have really been one of the great joys for you. Cause I remember when you'd come back from, from interviewing somebody, you'd go, God, Rick, you won't believe who I interviewed and what they had to say. That must have been such a pleasure and joy for you. No, it was it was such a thrill to be able to uh, talk to Bob Newhart and Barbara Streisand, and when their people, you know, picked up, answered my call. And you can imagine getting through to Hollywood stardom is not easy. But yeah, when they answered my call, and uh, Barbara Streisand put us in the tenth row for her concert and brought us backstage. And uh, Bob Newhart set up a whole interview with the Beverly Hilton uh, and with his, with his people. Both of them had managers that remembered my father and uncle and worked very closely with them. And as you said, respected them, respected the way they treated entertainers, respected the way they did business. And, you know, 50 years later, that, you know, that fairness, uh, you know, plays forward. It, one of the things, too, David, this must have, this, I, I know uh, that they were your uncle and your dad, but it must have given you a whole new level of love and affection for those guys. Did it not? Uh, it really did. And, you'll, you know, as you know from the film, my father and I, my father died when I was 21, and it was after the tumultuous 
60s, and he was uh, a man growing up in the Depression, and uh, we had our uh, had our differences at that point, and so this really helped me connect with him, feel closer to him and my mom. Uh, just you know, getting such a an insight into their world, and you know, of course, to see what an achievement he he accomplished in his lifetime. Well, and it was not simply, and we'll talk about this after a short little break, it was not simply that they had great entertainers there. They broke down a lot of barriers, and that's what we'll talk about with, and that's what you can see if you go see live at Mr. Kelly's 630 Tuesday at the Cultural Center. It's part of the Jazz Fest activities and various events, and this may be one of the absolute highlights. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back. I'm talking to my friend David Marienthal, who I now think of as a movie producer because he is one of the one of the powers behind an astonishing and uh, lively documentary called Live at Mr. Kelly's, which will be screened Tuesday at 6.30 at the Cultural Center. David put this movie together, and I think, and as he just told you, he got a real new appreciation of what his, uh, his father and uncle, the brothers who ran the place, did. They also ran the London House and the Happy Medium. They were the nightclub gods of Chicago at a time when nightclubs were, were the center of entertainment. Uh, David, the other thing about about the the places your your dad and uncle ran was the way they were kind of colorblind in an era where race still uh, popped its ugly head up. Were they not? I mean, in hiring staff and in entertaining performers too. They really were. Where they were groundbreaking. I think you agree. Well, uh, Mr. Kelly's and London House were still, you know, were the uh, breaking ground in terms of integration, uh, welcoming people of all colors in a city, as you said, that was very segregated at that point. And uh, that was, you know, something of the beauty of the of the last uh, Chicago screenings we did when we had people come up again 50 years later and tell us how important it was as an African-American to yep. be welcomed for their prom to London House. That this was a you know a first class club downtown, and this was made an impression on them for the rest of their life. Uh, you know, you must have people like Tim Reed, the comic who sure. you know, was groundbreaking at Mr. Kelly's. Uh, Dick Gregory, uh, that was you know one of his first performances on the North Side. Richard Pryor. Uh, he, where are you anyway, David? I'm I'm, I'm ever. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in in a car. Sorry. Oh, okay. I get it. You're not. Hope, believe me, you're not the first person I've interviewed. You're not the first person I interviewed in a car. Uh, the movie has been I'm on the Chicago Skyways. So. Okay, that's a nice nice views. Nice views. Yeah. yeah the, the other thing, David, this film has really taken off. I mean, it is it is now you know in film festivals and getting you know sort of rave reviews. This is yet another screening uh, live at Mr. Kelly's six thirty Tuesday at the Cultural Center. You, of course, will be there, will you not? I will be there, and we have a great jazz uh, quintet opening it with Charles Heath uh, leading it. We have the film, and then we have uh, a panel discussion with Laura Washington from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, 
We have Richard Steele, the former oh, sure. and jazz person. Sure. B-E-Z, our editor, Scott Dumler, Allison uh, Hinderleiter from the Newberry Library. And uh, as you know, the Newberry Library is going to uh, is going to mount a major exhibit in two years where they're going to be turning the library the lobby of the Newberry into Mr. Kelly. I know that is so, so exciting. Very, I was over there. I was over very there. excited about that. I was over there yesterday for an event. Y- you must be, uh, you and your buddy Lori Glenn must be so thrilled about the way this movie has taken off because it, I think part of it is David that that many people cannot, many people of a certain age cannot believe there was such a place as Kelly's and the London House and the Happy Medium. That's, that's got to be part of it, because every time I've seen the, the movie, I've seen younger people really drawn to this kind of, uh, that time. Yep. It's magic, I think, and they think of it as magic, don't you? We've been very pleased with the cross-generational uh, response that we've that we've gotten from this across generational, across ethnicity. Uh, we were uh, we are on Amazon. If people can't make it to the cultural, they can watch it on Amazon or Apple TV. Uh, we have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, it's just, it's been gratifying to the city of Chicago, and really uh, coming to the cultural center is. The culmination in a lot of ways and a free event at the cultural center because uh, it really was about you know celebrating chicago for me because as much as you know my father and uncle in for chicago chicago and its people did yeah in a way in a way those three places in their time roughly from the mid 50s to the mid 70s really did define this city uh, even I was lucky enough in later years in my getting a drink when I shouldn't have been having a drink, but I was with my dad, and he said it was okay, and seeing Mort Saul there and seeing Bette Midler there. So I have some memories, but I think what the, what the movie does brilliantly is evoke a time that young people can palpably grasp. I, I, I really think that's one of the important things here. David Marienthal, is there another movie in you? Well, I'm looking at ne- next projects. There's certainly a lot of great stories in uh, in Chicago, and uh, right now it's just about getting this film out to the widest widest possible audience, and you know, and nationally, we've gotten a great reception nationally and internationally, but we'd really like to see it, you know, go go much further in that in that direction. Now, I know. I know that in a couple places it's played theatrically in theaters. Would you like to see, I'm sure you would, a sort of wider, and the movie business is nuts now, and the movie theater business is nuts now, but I'm sure you would like it to have a sort of, as he used to call it, it's not going to get the same wide release as, you know, Top Gun Maverick or something, but it, you must aspire to that, don't you? Uh, sure, we re- really, uh, really would love to see it to a wider audience. Again, we had it on on WBEZ, a shortened version, uh, a year ago, and uh, we had a, a great premiere at the Cisco Center, uh, and we had a, a theatrical run in L- in LA at the Lamalay Theaters. 
So at this point, you know, it's gone, it's gone way beyond my wild expectations. Uh, you know, we've had and such a and such a great response. So Do all you, of this is gravy, and uh, you know, it's just going to be so great at the cultural center. On, yeah, on, no kidding. At six six thirty Tuesday night at the cultural center, there will be a band. There will be. Uh, Laura Washington and others, and uh, Richard Steele, who's a very, very decent, good guy. Laura Washington, new to the Tribune uh, opinion pages. <clears throat> Do you... When, tell me how Newhart was. Bob Newhart, this coming week, turns 93. How did you find him, David? Not find him personally, but, but what did you think of him? I, I, he's still very active on, of all things, Twitter. But, but Newhart has ever fascinated me because a lot of people who have seen live at Mr. Kelly's are sort of taken aback that Bob, Bob Newhart was in nightclubs. Do you know what I mean? He's basically known for his television work. How did you find him? Did you like him? Well, he, he just comes off as the nicest. Uh, most generous uh, person that you know, just really, you know, was happy to talk how he, he came to Mr. Kelly's uh, to really try out the material of his new album. And uh, he performed very few times in a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, in fact, you know, had a bit, he had, was trying to break away. From his business as an accountant, right? And uh, my my uncle was encouraging him that, but it was it was a far from a done deed. He had he hadn't quit his uh, day job yet. I know, and then he had one of the most successful albums in the history of albums, not just comedy albums, of albums uh, <laughs> by themselves. He's he's really quite 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 something. David, can people? I think his Midwest. His Midwestern roots come out, and I think this is a Midwestern story about how, you know, Chicago was really the the, the true second city back then. It was just like right after New York, and it was an entertainment mecca. And when Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday uh, cut their albums there, uh, Oscar Peterson, over five albums, yeah. uh, the Smothers Brothers, Woody Allen, uh it is well. It's the living. I mean, if you if someone wants to know about entertainment in the second in the second half of this century, they could they could do no better than just thinking of every single act who played there. And I also love the story too of of the young Barbara Streisand. Your uncle, I think it was, sort of discovered her in New York, brought her in here. Uh, she loved it, and she posed for her first album. At Oak Street Beach early in the morning. That's still such a charming, charming story to me. And you can look at you can look it up on you know Google or whatever these other things are. David Marienthal, I, I still will always remember that conversation we had. At uh, I don't know if it was Ricardo's or Stefani's at the time, but I know we were drinking, uh, and it's manifested itself in live at Mr. Kelly's, which will. And be yeah, screening. It's a dream come true, Rick. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know it is for you, David. Support. I know it again, is. And I yeah, and I. To seeing you and. It's not my place. It's not my place to be proud of you, but I'm proud of you. Uh, the movie will screen live at Mr. Kelly's six thirty Tuesday 
at the Cultural Center. I'm not going to tell you where the Cultural Center is, but I will tell those of you who are really aged that is the old main branch of the Chicago Public Library. David, uh, drive safely. You're almost home. You're almost home to Chicago. All right, well, Take if care. If anybody wants further information, of course, we're on Facebook. Mr. And you can, go to, you can go to MrKellyChicago.com for all sorts of information. David, drive safely. All right. Thanks all right. so much, Rick. Talk My pleasure. Soon. See ya.